Hello and welcome to the second rendition of the AG podcast. I'm Jaminator, your host, and with me today I've got Joby Juan. Hello, Joby. Hello, Jam, mate. How's it going? Not too shabby, my friend. Thank you very much. And we've also got Ash as well. Good evening. Hello, boys. How's it all going? Not bad. Thank you very much, Ash. So it's been two weeks, boys, since the first rendition of the podcast. I think it seems to have gone down quite well, um, if I do say so myself. I don't know about you guys. Obviously, what we'll be looking at today is just a bit of an update on how the leagues are going. We'll start with Prem, then go into Championship. We'll talk a little bit about the Challenge Cup, some of the BFAs, transfers. We'll also have a little segment from Bry on his golf and how that's going. And then we'll talk a little bit to finish off about the real world and how England are getting on at the World Cup. Right, so first of all then, boys, the league. We'll start with the Prem, since the three of us habitate the Prem. How do we think it's going? Joby, if you start... Um, I think the big surprise at the moment is uh, subs being top of the league um, and beating Ash as well. I think uh, that's one of the, you know, one of the biggest shocks for me is Ash is not top of the league. Uh, there's quite a quite a few points between uh, subs Ash and Aaron that's down in third. Uh, obviously, last week we said, I think we all said that we thought Ash and Aaron would be first and second. So sort of subs is come out of nowhere. What do you what do you think about that, Ash? Yeah, um, I knew from the start of the season that it was going to be a contested league. I thought Aaron was going to be up there um, at the top. Uh, subs, we know how what a tricky player he can be. Um, and obviously I had a good start to the season. Uh, won the first six games without, you know, really got into my stride, which was really nice. Um Played Tans last night in the uh, in the league. Won the first game again. Really, really got into the stride. Uh, it was the second game that I dropped the points. Um, very, very. Oh difficult. yeah, sorry. It was it was Tans, wasn't it? Not subs. It was Tans that. that yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Tans was uh, is who I dropped <laughs> points again last night. Um, Lost two set, one. Yeah, yeah, two one. Set up very differently to where we did the first game. Um, very defensive. Part the bus tactics, um, and once you once you part the bus, it, it, it's really difficult to break down. So fair play to him; it, it worked. Um, hopefully, I won't play too many more people that do the same approach. It's not an approach that I'm a particular keen lover of, um, because we mentioned it on the last podcast about soggy, uh, soggy cabbages and his um, his defence gate. Um, it it says a lot about a player. If you have to use that tactic, um, or throw that many men behind the ball, um, so no, I, I would agree. I would agree wholeheartedly on that one. I think you know, at the end of the day, you don't want to see. You can understand in real life when there's real pressure and things on it, but at the end of the day, it is a game. I know we take it a bit seriously sometimes, but it, it is ultimately a game. I mean, you know, looking at some of the results we've seen, this one came in last night. You know, subs. We talked about him being top of the league. He beat Aaron 7-1. You know, I mean, we said about Aaron being one of the favourites at the start of the season, like you've just mentioned, Joby, and for him to lose 7-1 to subs, I mean, that's a statement game right there. You know, that, that's a big result. I mean, I don't know what you guys think about that. I mean, is, is, have either of you two played him in the league yet? I know I played him in the Cup. Um, I'm not sure if either of you two have played him in the league, but in the Cup, he definitely, um, I saw what the hype was about. He gave me a good, uh, a good hiding in the game, let's put it that way. 
I mean, what do you uh, what do you think in regards to how the season's going to pan out with with the subs, Aaron and Ash Trio, Joby? Who do you think is going to end up on top? Well, I mean, looking at the, the the people that are underneath him, I mean, I think Aaron drew two two with Danger Mouse, um, so Danger's still there there thereabouts. Um, you've got, you know, he lost as you say, he lost a sub seven one, which is quite a heavy defeat. For Aaron, I don't think mm. you know it's very surprising. Um, but then in the return game, subs only won three two. So um, you know, it's I think I think Aaron would still be at the in the in the in the top three. I'd say. Um, okay. However, you know, Danger he lost to Aaron four one, but yet there's a long way to go. Anyone can beat anybody in this league. I think. The top three are the, the the three best players in that league: um, Ash, Subs, and Aaron. Um, I've I've played Subs, and uh, he's he's just he's tough to play. He's really tough to play. And also, um, I played Ash last week as well, and you absolutely trounced me. I think six two and six two, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think that was it in the end. Um, again, I think. Aaron's a fantastic player. I think the way he plays, you know, his four-two-four formation is very, very tricky um, to play against. I think Subs got a very—I don't want to say a lucky result—but if they were to play again, would we see a seven-one hammering again? I don't think so. Um, you know, there's been a couple of results that have. Um, I don't think we'll see again in the league, but there's a long way to go left in it. You know, there's another ten games. I think. Uh, 12 games for some people um, and it's it's going to be interesting that's for sure I mean I, I play subs in the last game of the season so that could well be well oh, it could be a decider well be a decider. decider if um, if things go hopefully the way you want to but um, there's a long way to go uh, in terms of the title title race that's for sure. There's a hell of a gap. There's a hell of a gap between the top two and the rest of us um, to catch up. I mean, Danger and Belonga have only played six games now, so I think I think they have to play each other next. Um, so whether Danger can get two wins out of that and move up to 16 points, or Belonga will win both games and move up to 15 points, it, it's still a long way off of your your 21 and 22. Yeah, I think you're right in saying that as well. I mean, looking at the top of the league, obviously we've got, well, we'll go from top to bottom and, and just list for, for all the listeners. So we've got Subs in first, Ash on second, Aaron in third, Danger in fourth, Belonga in fifth, Tans in sixth, Malian in seventh, Paulo's eighth, yourself, Joby, at ninth, and unfortunately myself down there at tenth. Now, obviously from the top of the table to the bottom, we've got a big clash in this round of fixtures that does involve two of the podcast's uh, favourites today. So myself and Joby, we've got. Well, you you called it in the uh, in the meet before the uh, the podcast launch. You said it was going to be a twelve pointer, um, which you know the traditional six pointer for one game, two games. We are talking twelve points. We're on identical records apart from uh, two less goals scored and two more goals conceded for each person. Um, you know, we're talking about if either of us win that game. You know, you rightly said we're up there in sort of you know fourth fifth position. Um, if the worst position, if anything, would be that we both draw, and and we both end up sticking down the bottom of the Definitely. table, it's it's going to be quite a time. That's that's what's going to happen. I just got that feeling we're going to have a boring one-one <laughs> draw, and we're both going to be down there. We're both going to be have a miserable night. <laughs> but 
Oh, I do hope not. No, no. I mean, it's it's every game's tough. I mean, I'm looking forward to playing sort of. I always have a good game with Tans, and I always have a good game with um, Malian. And you know, it's it, anyone can beat anybody. But as for the top, that's sorted. As for the bottom, it's going to be a dogfight to the end. And I think it will come down to the mm. last couple of fixtures. Yeah, you, you're probably not wrong. If anything, there is that almost that argument which we see in real life sometimes, where it's you know, do you want to go down, to start getting momentum, and come back up? You know. We've seen it, you know, you want to be in the big leagues, don't get me wrong. Um, we see it in the Challenge Cup, obviously you get paid more for your fixtures if you're in the big leagues. But obviously at the end of the day, if you uh, if you go down to the championship, chances are you will win more games. Therefore, you'll come back up on a crescendo and hopefully improve your game. But it doesn't always work like that. We know that. Um, so, so we'll have to see. I, I'd confidently say, just to finish off on the Prem, I'd confidently say that the top three as is now, Subs, Aaron and, and, and Ash, I think a variation, not necessarily in that order of those three, will be the top three come the end of the season. I, I could confidently say that. I don't know about yourself, Joby, and obviously Ash, you're included. Um, I, I don't know what you guys think. Ash, think... Do, you, do you feel confident you can stay up there? I think so. Um you know, there's a couple of big games coming up. I've still got to play Aaron, Subs and Danger Mouse. Um, and I think Belonga as well. So it's the teams around me, that the games that we need to win, uh, especially Subs and Aaron. Um, and the last time I played Subs, it was a bit of a hammering. So um, we need to make amends this time around. Um, if I can get to the last game of the season, then quietly I would... Be quite. I'd be confident, um, but we wait and see. We need to make sure. Ideally, in the ideal world, I'd have the league wrapped up before the uh, we get to the last game of the season because it, it could all go pear shaped. But mm. there's a long way to play. Um, so let's say let's sure say that it's the uh, the last game of the season. You're you're joined on points. Um, you're playing subs. You're one nil up in the last game to win it. It's about eighty odd minutes. Do you park the bus? <laughs> do you go soggy? Do I go do soggy? Do you go soggy on us? I, I will have the custom formations on ready. That's for sure. If uh, <laughs> if needs must. So what must. you're telling us is you will go soggy. If needs must. <laughs> and it pains me. It okay, pains then. me to say that because I hate <laughs> I hate seeing that sort of formation and that sort of tactic. You know, I mentioned earlier about part of the bus. Um, I hate it, um, but as other people have done in this league and will continue to do in this league, if needs must, then it will be happening. You'll follow suit. <laughs> okay, so, I mean, for, for your benefit, Ash, we'll, we'll move swiftly on. Um, and funnily enough, we do we do find ourselves with Soggy Cabbages at the top of the championship. Um, so the, uh, the Tony Pulis of uh, AG, if you will, is, um, <laughs> is doing quite well down there. Um, I mean, eight games, five wins, three draws, no goals. defeats. He's only conceded six yeah. goals as well. So it, it may be working. It may work. It may be a boring game to mm. play, but if it's working, you know, why change it? I mean, the poor guy. He'll be he'll be tearing his hair out listening to this. If 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 he's even listening, um, because he's 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 well documented that he has said it's only did it for the last ten minutes of a game. Um, but I think he'll never live that one down personally. A little bit, it'll always be uh, synonymous with that formation. Uh, quickly uh, going through the championship, then we've got Soggy Cabbages in first, Big B in second, Geordie Croft third, Sofa fourth, Bob Bank fifth, Nguyen sixth, Storm in seventh, 
30 in 8th, and then we find the bottom two, which is Chadge in 9th and Red Rhino in 10th. Now, I don't mean to toot my own horn, boys, but I did say Rhino would be down there again come uh, the next podcast, <laughs> and lo and behold, there Still he not is. Rhino. There we go. I mean, what do we think about the championship? I mean, there's been some weird results. I mean, the difference is, if we look at the top two in the Prem, you know, we're talking Subs and, and Nash, we're talking, you know, a big gap to third of, of maybe six points. Whereas here, you know, you've got the top three, there's five points separate the top three. Um, and even then, the chasing pack, you know, they're not far away at all. One one round of fixtures could see someone that's down in um, sixth position go up into the top two. So it's it really is all to play for in that championship, and and like you said before, Ash, with that with that not even that far in, you know, we've still got over half the fixtures left to play. It's it really is a um, interesting to see how it's going to work out. I don't know what you think, Ash, about the championship. If if you ever cast your eyes down that far, <laughs> that was just the saying go. If you're below us in the league, don't bother looking. No. Um... Yeah, it, it, it's a it's a very close league. Um, Soggy's obviously top. You know how he's at the top of the league. Well, I could hazard a very good guess, um, but he is there. Bright, yeah. I said at the season, the beginning of the season, that I thought Bright would be up there. Um, and then you got Geordie, Sofa, Bob, and Wince in those playoff positions. And you're you're right. At the end of the day, I think Storm is just outside of the uh, the playoffs at the moment, and he's only out of it by two points. Um, you know, and Bertie has got two games left to play. He's just sitting below Storm at the moment. Um, and he, he's the point behind Storm and three points behind Wince, who's in the playoff place. Um, it's an interesting league, the championship, because it, I would say, if anything, it's a bit more exciting um, because you don't know yet who's going to win the league, who's going to get that playoff place. Um, the premiership's a bit different at the moment because if... If, should say, me and Subs keep on winning and Aaron and Danger Mouse falter, then it pretty much becomes a two-horse race. You know, where at least in the championship, I don't I don't think you're going to get that. Um, you know, because there's a lot of players in there that uh, there isn't what... There's not a standout player or a couple of standout players, so to speak. Anyone can beat anyone in that league at any given time. And I think that's what makes it a, quite an exciting league and probably the more exciting one out of the two. Um, you know, I, I, No, I would agree. I'd agree on that fact. I think it's going to be interesting um, to see. Uh, we've said already that there's a long way to go left in the league. Um, it's going to be interesting for sure to see who does make it out of the championship and who does come up. Um, well, to come and play with the big boys in the uh, in the premiership. Um <laughs> Joby, uh, your thoughts as well on that? Well, I mean, just looking at the, the goal scorers as well in the championship, you, you've you not got, obviously we've got Adebayor, your Adebayor is way out in front, um, I think it's on 17 goals. Um, you're looking in the championship and you've got, okay, Sofa's got two players on seven and six goals, but the, the rest of the scorers is five goals, five goals, six goals, six goals, seven goals and eight goals. Um, and that's obviously Bifuma with uh, Big B. Um, so it's, it's, it's going to be tight. Um, there's no standout, as you say, there's no standout players. Um, Soggy Cabbage is just just pinching it at the moment, but Geordie's got two games to play and he's on 13, so if he wins them two, he goes top of the league on 19 points. Um, but there's a long way to go. Um, certainly Rhino is still bottom of the league, um, <laughs> as you predicted. You think he's going to stay there. I mean, he's, he's drawn twice with Storm, um, and he, he's kept, I think, he had, I think they had a 0-0 draw. Um, 
So is his problem scoring or is it conceding? You know, it's. I will say I I did watch that game. They they streamed that game on Mixer and I, I watched it. And to be fair, that the issue with that one in particular, it was the clinicalness of the finishing. Um, I think it was something crazy like 13, 14 shots to one in Rhino's favour, and he just couldn't finish him off. Um, so do you, you know, so that that sort of says it all, really. Do you think that that's Rhino not buying decent enough players in the transfers then, or do you think that's mm. Well, I mean, you know, we'll come on to that when we get to the transfer section. But, you know, he has, he holds and probably will hold for quite a while, I imagine. Look at the price of it, the, the record signing in regards to the transfer. You know, if you through, flow through some of his players, you've got Renato Sanchez, you've got um, Jordan Lukaku, you've got uh, a good goalkeeper from Huddersfield, that Lossell. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got some good players, uh, uh, Fosu Mensa there as well he, he has got some good players just needs to get so I think it's just working it's together. piecing it together yeah definitely I mean, piecing it together talking about that as well tactics wise I think I've used about four different formations in my games I just I haven't found a decent formation <laughs> to, to to carry on through I'm, I'm guessing that sort of Ash you are you pretty settled on your formation of what you play yeah um I, I I've played the same sort of formation for about the last four or five years on uh, on FIFA, and I always try and buy the players that fit that formation. Um, I, I was quite lucky in that I found the formation that I really enjoyed and uh, was confident with. Um, you know, I, I'm not a keen lover of switching up the formation every time um, because I think you get settled to one formation, a couple of results don't go your way, um, and straight away it's like, oh, you've got to change it. You know, yeah. some results just don't go your way, some will. Um, but I've been set on my formation for a long time, um, and I always try and buy the players to fit that formation. Um, not necessarily the top standout players of a of a BFA or the transfers. Um, you know, it, it is the players that fit that formation and are uncomfortable with. So you're just them. looking for the players that need to fit your formation rather than picking a formation to fit the players. That's, Effectively. Uh, yeah. So that's, maybe that's a good bit of advice for for maybe the guys floating around the bottom, like me and Jan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, I mean, leaving leaving the Championship then, um, going on to the Challenge Cup, obviously not a lot to say about this because, you know, we, we're all involved, we all know what's going on. Um, but again, just to, to cover the Challenge Cup, obviously we've seen the uh, elite groups and the, um, the uh, well, the groups now sort of set up as it were. We've got Subs and Joby who are going to qualify from Group 1. We've got Belonga and Ash who are going to qualify from Group 2. Group 3, Bertie and Sofa are going to qualify. And Group 4, it's looking like Danger Mouse for definite. And then one of Immortal Tans on the wins. I think, looking at it, it will be Tans. Um, although, I mean, Aaron, he still has a game to play. So, to be fair, I think it's going to be Tans. But obviously, we will see. The Challenge Club, I think, definitely, it's allowed people to get more match payments in to sign those better players. It's allowed people to pay players they wouldn't necessarily have played before. Myself, I, I played uh, Jordy in the last round, Jordy Croft. And again... I can see why he's second in the championship. For me, he plays very, very good football. Um, and I'm surprised, I will be surprised if he doesn't get promoted. And I think it's kind of interesting and, and, and fun to play people from different leagues because, you know, you effectively do play the same people, especially if you don't get relegated or promoted. You play in the same people over and over again. It's nice to play uh, play different faces and, and sort of see how it goes. I, mean, I don't know what you think about that, Joby. I mean, it's, you know, it's di- different strokes for different folks, I, I guess. I but think people are using... Such attacking formations in the um, in the cup as well that you, 
anyone could be, it's, I suppose to say it's the same as the league, but anyone could be anyone. There's been some strange results, and people have just gone all out attack. Like, oh, screw it, I'm gonna, I play quite counter attacking football, I soak up the pressure, and then I break. So, playing somebody that's going to play all out attack is perfect for me. I think that's why I'm doing so successfully in the cup competitions compared to the league. Um, who cares about the league? I'm, I'm just going to win the cup. <laughs> <laughs> You could do a Wigan. You're going to win the cup and get relegated. Exactly, exactly. That's a good point. I mean, in regards to the Challenge Cup, Ash, obviously, like I say, yourself, um, you're going through just behind Belonga by looks of it in Group 2. Excited for the next round? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, it's, it's myself, Belonga, Subs and Joby. I, I was quite lucky to actually get through to the group, to be honest. Um, I think his game against Bry last night, whoever won that was going to go through to the next round um, and just managed to uh, sneak in the end and get those vital points. Um, who would I like to play? Uh, ideally, I'd like to avoid subs <laughs> in the first part of it. Um, it's probably a given. You know, um, so we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see, but um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a tough group. Uh, for sure, everyone in that elite group is uh, is going to be a tough match. Um, so we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. And like you say, it's the cup. Anything can happen. Uh, so moving on from the cup now, boys, uh, to some of the BFAs. I mean, we, we've seen some again ridiculous since the last time we we were we joined the uh, the podcast a couple of weeks ago. We've seen some unreal prices being thrown around in these BFAs. I mean, myself, I've got the two pickouts written down personally. Um, obviously, I'm sure you guys have got your own take on, on what's happened. For me, the absolute steel bargain, I don't know, the deal of the century was Tans managing to pay £25 million for a bar one get on free and managing to come out with Lindelof, who's probably one of the best centre-backs in, in the leagues, um, and uh, David Neres, who, uh, who plays for Ajax on the wing there. Absolutely phenomenal player. Um, so, you know, fantastic for him in that sense. Um, I think that the other one as well, being yourself, Ash, obviously going uh, with Lorente, um, you know, and uh, going 35 million for an unknown player, quite risky. Um, ha- ha- do you feel it's paid off? I mean, is is he slotted into your team quite well? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, he's he's went into that centre midfield position. Um, he's naturally is in his his first in his first position in the game is a CDM. Um, but he's strong, um, good movement off the ball, and he's really uh, he's really slotted in there really nicely. Um, so for me, it's been a good investment, um, to say the least. I mean, what do you think on the whole, Ash, about the the BFAs? Was there any pickouts that you had uh, as a standout um, bid, essentially? Yeah, I mean, uh, Tan's done very well with the BFA um, to pay twenty five million for Lindelof and Neres. Um, that's the beauty of the mysteries, I think. Um, you know, and some of them, you, you just never know what you're going to get with a mystery. Um, and sometimes you'll pay big money for big players. You know, we've seen in the past, we've seen players' mysteries go for 100, 120 million, um, and they've been mediocre. Um, but for him to spend 25 million on uh, a centre back and. Um, Neres and the wing, I think is a great is a great couple of purchases for him there. Um, obviously, well, I mean, on 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 the night, I said to him, you know, I, we were in a party chat at the time. I said, there's no reason if you want if you didn't want either of them players, you could double your money if not more by selling them immediately. 
You know, I think you could easily get 25 for Lindelof and probably 30 for Neres, depending on, you know, the right buyer. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, he's done very well. He's done very well out of that BFA. I mean, what about yourself, Joby? Any standout BFAs for yourself? Well, obviously, um, I'm uh, quite a bad... I've been told I'm a bad man-manager. Uh, the fact that I've got 20 players in my squad, I can't get rid of any of the... Uh, <laughs> The poorer players in my squad um, waiting for an STB. It's not coming. It's fine. It's fine. I, I don't want any special treatment, as I said. Um, I wouldn't mind getting rid of a couple of rubbish ones, but maybe I have to sell uh, a decent player to make room. But I just feel at the moment I, I don't really need, uh, you know, I don't need any 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 of the BFAs. Um, there will be a point where I, I'm going to think, you know, I'm going to put all my money into into one of these and finally get a decent, you know, high 70. I mean, my, my, my striker, Martinez, is 76 rated, I believe. Um, and I think right. um, that's kind of one of the highest you're going to get at the moment. Um, so, obviously, I've got Crouch. He still hasn't scored, but it's, it's fine. It's <laughs> fine. Um, but obviously, looking at the, uh, as you say, Lindelof, um, I think it's going to be a great signing um, for Tans. Um, you know, it's uh, Neres is... Great player, great winger, and and Lorente. I think you've mentioned them all anyway. The the, the decent ones. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think pretty much uh, that's my opinion on that. Well, I mean, I think you know with with um, the BFAs as well. You know, and sort of segue in now into the transfers section of the podcast as well. Uh, we saw obviously Renato Sanchez go for thirty seven million uh, to soggy cabbages at the time. Um, since then, he's made a cool 10 million profit by selling it on for 47 million scudo to uh, to Red Rhino, which again, you know, he feels that's what he needs for his team. So fair enough. Personally, 47 million a is a steep. lot of money I for any player. Biggest, yeah, I mean, the biggest transfer of the uh, of the season so far. I think 47 million. Oh, hands down. I think well, yeah, 47 million again, as far as I'm I'm aware, is is by far the biggest cash sum that's that's been laid out for a player. Um, and then coming in second to that, we uh, we also had the, I'd say, arguably more bizarre one. Um, you know, you can sort of understand Sanchez, you know, technically his parent club's Bayern Munich. He's young. You know, we saw him have that great um, Euros uh, a couple of years ago in real life. Um, but one man uh, who I really didn't understand was was Wilfred Boney going for 40 million. Um, Scudo, which for me is, ah, I don't know what you guys think, Joby first, but I mean, for me, it was bizarre. I'm guessing he's just going to try and pick up of a decent striker. I'm guessing he he wants Boney to be his Adebayor. Um, so I'm get, mm. I'm thinking he's going to pay out big money and hopefully he's going to get big results. Whether it'll come about, I don't know. I think if he puts him on the transfer market again, whether he'll get that back, I'm I'm not too sure. I'm not devaluing him or anything like that. He's a great striker, but I think 40 million, I don't, I wouldn't pay it. No, me neither. I mean, what do you think, Cash? Yeah, no, um, not for me either. Um, I think he's. Um, I think that's just more merely for the fact that whether he'd fit the way I like to play, I'm not sure. If he comes off for, um, if it comes off for him and he starts scoring goals galore, then fair play. But it's big money. It's big money to spend on a player, mm. and at that sort of uh, at that sort of fee at this point of the game and this point of the season, you need him to deliver. Um, so I, I hope it works out at that price, but I'm still yet to be convinced. 
Yeah, I think, I think you, you, me, and Joby both. I think, I think that's that's a unanimous one. That one, maybe it's a bit of a transfer transfer miss. But you know, I'd I'd love to be proved wrong on that one. Um, any other transfers that sort of take your eye, boys? Any swaps? Any transfers that you might have uh, noted over the past couple of weeks? Joby, you first. Um, not really. I mean, I think it's just been a steady influx of sort of transfers here and there. I think everyone's trying to get settled down with their teams now. Um, apart from the odd £47 million bid here and there. I think it's, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, Belonga's paid out sort of £30 million for um, Salvio, and yeah. mm. that's quite a large sum of money as well. Um, but he's an 80-rated right winger. That I can, under- well, I can understand yeah. that. And you've got to look at it as well. And again, it is horses for courses. You know, Belonga is quite a skillful player. You know, he's associated with that side of the game. You know, someone like him controlling that 80 rated, quite skillful, good weak foot, you know, quite pacey. 30 million could be, you know, the difference between coming in the top three, possibly in the Premier League and coming in the sort of, you know, the, the mid table area. And, you know, if that's what it takes, then that's what it takes. Again, it's it's every man's got a price and I think for me maybe Wilfred Boney was slightly more expensive than he should have been for me if anything Salvio you could argue 30 million was about right if not slightly on the cheap side but again it depends person to person and and how the fees are looking at any given time really I mean I, I what bought, about yourself Ash? well just to say on that um I bought mm. Patrick Roberts from uh, Red Rhino for 16 million now he's only rated 74 however when I've played with him I've, he's he fits as like Ash was saying before. He fits my formation. He fits my my wing play to uh, to get down the wing. He's skillful, and that's exactly what I needed. So I was willing to pay 16 million. I know he's only 74 rated, but he's got four skill stars. That's skill stars, and I think he's uh, like his left foot is like four star as well, something like that. Hmm. Um, so I've I've thought that 16 million was quite good, and he's only going to improve as well. Um, so yeah, but I don't know about you, Ash. If you if you've any any problem that's uh, caught your eye, yeah, I mean obviously Salvio is a big deal for Malian. Um, you know he could have put that off to the bit later in the season after I'd played him in the league, um, but I won't <laughs> I won't hold that against him. Um, Thirty million for an eighty rated player, especially Salvio, someone quick. Um, I think he's going to do really well for Belonga, so I think that's a fantastic buy. Um, and obviously um, recently Bentaleb. Um, gone from Sofa to Malian. Um, I think that was included in some sort of swap deal as well because I think Zizo was thrown into that. Um, again, that's not a bad deal either for a 79 rated player. Um, so there's there's been a couple of uh, standouts. Again, you know I, I think Benzel will be a good player for um, for Malian. Um, as I do, Salvio will be for Belonga. But I think as the uh, as the transfer market continues and as the season goes on and as the BFA goes on and as other you know players come into the league, I think we'll start seeing even more bigger fees get thrown about um, going forward. Well, I mean, for me, I don't know about you guys, but for me, the scary thing, probably more scary for yourself, Ash, is the fact that you've got subs there at the top of the league and he's still got about 60 million scudos in the bank as well. Yeah. You know... What's going to happen if you know if a BFA comes in and it's someone of real quality that could then just push him on even further? You know, it'll further that distance between yourself and him at the top of the prem. Mm. Yeah. Well, we have to wait and see. Um, hopefully, we can keep it keep it level. Um, you know, yeah. we know he's going to bring in players with that sort of money. Hopefully, we can bring in a few players um, too um, and keep it keep it congested. 
Mm. I mean, again, just just quickly before we move on uh, to to, to Bride talking about the golf as well, quite an interesting uh, ploy from Marcus as well, making the BFA a bit of a championship versus premiership special, trying to see who can get their games completed the quickest. Uh, God love us in the Prem. I think Belonga's probably going to sabotage that one unintentionally. Um, But we'll we'll see what what happens. Um, I think I'm not not quite um, as optimistic on that one, but but, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. For sure. So uh, at this point, obviously, we'll just uh, flip over to Bry just to talk a little bit about how the golf tour's going. I think we're nearly at the conclusion of the golf tour. So, uh, Bry, over to you to tell us a little bit about how that's going and hopefully get some more people involved. Thanks, Jam. I'm here at the Absolute Gaming Clubhouse where the results have just come in from the final week's play on the tour. Paul Lowe's needed a fourth place or higher to guarantee retaining the title, but the pressure seems to have got to him out on the course today, and he could only finish tied for sixth place with 13 over par. The man that likes to be known simply as Joe improved on his second place finish on his debut last week to come first this week with a final score of three under, so he'll certainly be a name to look out for on the next tour. Tied with him for first place was Bob Bank, who in taking his second win has had a very strong second half of the tour. Another player ending the season well is Joby, who's improved massively as when he first joined the tour, he was well off the pace, but he's finished with a third place in a major, which is pretty good. Finishing just over a par on plus one was Big B with a couple of steady rounds, and behind him was Red Rhino, who despite his tough handicap, got a good fifth place. After that, there was a big gap in the scoring behind the top five with the rest of the field struggling, as Losey, Bertie and Welser all scored a disappointing 13 over. Jam also struggled after blowing up on his first round to tie for ninth with Storm, who had another stinker of a week. Tans found the greens tough on his first major, and he couldn't match his good finish last week, so he ended up down in 11th. So what does that mean for the battle for the tour title? Well, despite Losey having a bad week, so did his nearest rival, so he retains his title with a comfortable six-point gap from Welser and Bob Bank. Jam ended a further couple of points behind, and then came Big B and Storm, who was leading the tour at one point, but he fell away badly in the second half of the season. In the team competition, it's been pretty much done and dusted for a couple of weeks now. A comfortable win for Team Young, who beat Team Old by a convincing 221 to 169. So there's only the match play knockout cup to wrap up now, which is at the semi-final stage, where Losey faces Welzer and Bertie's up against Joby, so look out for those results. This is Big B for AG Sports News at the bar. Back to the boys in the studio. Okay, cheers, Brian. Thank you very much for that. I hope you all got a bit of information from that. So looking ahead now, just to finish off and, and round off the uh, the podcast for this week, guys, um, talk a little bit about the World Cup, really. Um, back to a bit of real-life football. Obviously, we've uh, since the last game, we well, since the last uh, podcast, we've seen two England games. The uh, first, obviously, quite a tight and you know heart racing 2-1 win over Tunisia and then uh, as we record yesterday the uh, 6-1 comfortable crushing of Panama um Ash your thoughts first yeah I thought it was a it was a really good game um I'm not getting too ahead of myself because it is Panama um it is a game that we were expected to win um although you know with England you never really know it wouldn't surprise me had we gone into that and got a draw or lost um so it was a good result, but we've got to do it now on Thursday night against Belgium. 
you know, I think um, they've got to uh, they've got to show that they can do it against the big teams as well as the little teams. And Belgium, of course, be our toughest test that we've had so far. Um, so I think we can get a result. You know, I think Belgium is not going to be an easy game for certain. You know, players Hazard, Lukaku, um, you know, players that are going to cause problems. But if we play like we did yesterday, um, and we can keep it tight at the back. And, um, you know, uh, as much as it pains me to say this, you know, if Harry Kane can perform as well as he, uh, he has been, um, not just so far at the Euros, uh, the Euros, at the World Cup, but how he played for Tottenham last season as well, um, then I think we got a good chance. Um, Joby, I, I know you're big on, uh, you've been following England and the World Cup big time. Um, I don't know what your, your thoughts are, what you think we will well, do in the uh, Belgian game. I can't be nothing but impressed, to be honest. I know it was against Panama and we was expected to win and there's a lot of people on social media saying, oh, it's like beating Stevie Wonder at darts and all this, that and the other. But <laughs> do you know what I mean? There's, the one good thing I'd like as well is Harry Kane's penalties were absolute beasts. Um, oh, uh, yeah. uh, oh, amazing. Hopefully he's passing all that on to every other single player, including Gareth Southgate as well, could teach him how to take a penalty. But I mean, it's... Um, I'm impressed. Uh, they're playing well. Um, sad that Ali got sort of a knock in the first game, but he didn't look anything special. I thought they should have brought him off a little bit earlier and give Rashford a little bit more time. Um, but apart from that, I'm, I'm impressed. I think we're going to do well. Um, Belgium's going to be a very, very tough game. I think it's going to end up a draw. Um, and I think it's are we winning on fair play rules or something like that? Is it? Um, I think by by one card at the moment, is it? one yellow card. Yeah. So um, so I, I mean, I think it's either. I'm not sure how results have been going um, past couple of days, um, but I think it's either Senegal, Japan, or Colombia. Is it we get in the next round? Mm. So I mean, yeah. we we should beat one of them um, quite comfortably as well. Um, but I, I tell you what, it's, I think the the World Cup's going to be won by a, an underdog, and I could see a, t- a team like Mexico or Croatia or someone like that that'll you know pull off a big shock. I mean, I, I personally, I mean, you just mentioned Croatia. Then I know we were talking about England, and we will get back to them in a second. But for me, Croatia, their team is phenomenal. I mean, you look at the Croatia midfield three. You've got Rakitic, Brozovic, and Modric. Obviously, for me, that's probably one of the best midfield threes Super. in the entire tournament. You know, you've got um, Perisic, you've got um, yeah, Mandzukic, you've got all these good players going forward as well. For me, Croatia have got a fantastic team. Um, uh, you know, and, and for me, I'd, I wouldn't even consider them underdogs anymore. I'd consider them sort of around the same level as England. You know, if you look player for player, I'd say we're very, very similar. Yeah, definitely. definitely. I mean, getting get, getting back to England for me, but. It's going to sound bizarre, and I think it's... I don't know why, maybe I'm a, a glutton for pain, I'm not quite sure. But for me, I, the Tunisia game, whether it was the first game syndrome, the drama, I don't know. I, I actually enjoyed that game more. I could have cried with happiness after that game. <laughs> Whereas Panama, I think because it was so easy, and because it was so um, you know, sort of straightforward from the get-go... I didn't quite have that watching England feeling, you know, I mean, when you watch England, there's that sort of um, jeopardy when you watch England where you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how it's going to end up. And Panama, maybe that's what other nations feel, you know, your Italy's, your Germany's. Maybe that's how they feel when they watch their, you know, they watch their teams. 
But for me, it was just almost too calm. And I just hope there's no complacency in the squad when we come to face your Belgiums, your Germanys, your Colombias, whoever that may be. I hope we go through and we take that enthusiasm and that killer instinct from that first half. We just went for it. You know, I mean, the set piece goal that was straight off the training field, I absolutely love that. You know, I love that invention. I think that, I don't know if it's the young squad or what, but they just have no fear and they're just running head head first into whatever team they come up against. And I absolutely love it. I mean, we've seen, obviously, Japan, Colombia, Senegal. That, that's the group that we're going to end up facing um, in, the, in the round of 16. I mean, for me, it could be anyone. Obviously, we know who we want to avoid. We wouldn't want Colombia, if possible, um, out of those three. But for me, I mean, Joby, Ash, I'm not quite sure. Uh, Ash, you first. Would you prefer Senegal or would you prefer Japan? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I think both both teams are, are going to be difficult. I think they've got both players that are going to um, cause problems. Obviously, you look at Senegal, uh, Sadio Mane, he's the big standout player there. Um, and we know what sort of damage he can do. Um, and Japan have got players, uh, you know, Honda is a very influential player for them, um, you know, that c- it can cause some problems. Um, out of the two, I would prefer Japan, um, but we- we'll wait and see. Um, I would prefer Japan over Senegal, though, for, sh- for certain. Joby, what about yourself? Japan, Senegal, yeah, or think... even Colombia, you know, I'm just discounting them, you know. Um, I'm the... We don't play very well against South uh, South American teams, um, so I think I think I'll be happy with Japan or Senegal to be honest. I, as you say, uh, Colombia is going to be one to avoid. However, if we do have to play them, I still think we've got enough in our team to beat them, and we've got enough in our team to to go even further in the competition. I'm hoping for a nice at least semi final. Mm. I think I think it's again we we said before and we mentioned it on the other podcast you know quarterfinals it's make or break we thought obviously at that point it could be Brazil or Germany you know we've not got enough time to go into their World Cups but they've both had World Cups of turmoil so far you know Brazil and Germany it might end up being Mexico or Switzerland you know in in those in that quarterfinal depending on how we go you, you just don't know and I think all this talk for me about oh do you want to finish second in the group do you want to finish top in the group you know balls to that we finish top in the group we feel we feel confident we trounce Briz, uh, we trounce belgium if we can and we just go on to the next game and we just try and win as many games as we can we take the confidence you know last thing we want in a young squad is for belgium to come up against us it's players they know players they play with at their clubs you know quite a, a big uh, premier league contingent in the belgium squad last thing we want is them coming in taking you know maybe a 3-1 4-1 victory against the english and then us, you know, being in bits for the, the round of 16 game. We don't want that. We want a win. We want to keep going and just, just keep this confidence moving. Absolutely, 100% agree with you there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Ash, what do you think for the Belgium game? Score prediction? Oh, I'm going to go 2-1. 2-1 to England. 2 to England. Okay. Joby, what about yourself? I think I'm going to have to go the same. I'll go 2-1 England. Otherwise, I think it'll be a draw. It'll be a draw or we'll nick it 2-1. See, I'm, I'm not quite as optimistic, I, you know, despite my little speech then. I think I would love us to win, but I think realistically I'm going to go 3-3. I think both teams, defence is probably the weakest point of their games. But going forward, obviously, you've got De Bruyne, Mertens, Lukaku. You've got Harry Kane, Lingard. Obviously, Lingard's goal, fantastic the other day. Sterling, Rashford. I think for me it's going to be a high-scoring draw, personally. But 
I'd love to be proved wrong and for England to uh, obviously come through and get the three points and, and trudge on through the competition, really. So unless uh, you guys got anything else to add, I think we can we can sort of wrap things up there. Uh, are you happy to do that, boys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're all good. Yeah, fantastic. So, Joby, I'll let you say goodbye first. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. It's been a pleasure as always. I hope everyone enjoys listening and uh, it's a cheerio from me. Fantastic, Ash. Yeah, cheers for listening. Um, see you in two weeks' time. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, all being well. See you in two weeks' time. Hopefully, by that point, we'll, we'll have uh, trounced Belgium and uh, be on into the round of 16 and hopefully even through there. So, yeah, thanks for listening and, uh, and goodbye.